All right, well, let's get started. Are you guys ready? Awesome. Well, let's pray. Father, I just thank you again for this word, this time that you have, Lord. I think that it's not about my words or my opinions or what I think. Father God, I push myself aside. Holy Spirit, you take over. Minister to our hearts, to our souls, to our minds in a hundred different ways that it just pierces us. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so last week I, I was pretty pumped up because I was on Facebook and I'm scrolling, right? And I saw this cool video. I'll show you guys in a second, though. And that video really sparked something in me. You know, and I don't know if you've ever heard, like, if you've hung out with maybe someone who's a preacher or a pastor or just loves ministering in every conversation that you have. Like, it's like you're at the dinner table and they're preaching the word of God and they're trying to get you saved while you're at the table. But we see a sermon in everything. I'm just saying that right now. We see a message in absolutely everything. And, uh, you know, I kind of have that every once in a while. But, man, when I saw this video, it was like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about this Sunday. And so I want to talk to you guys about, uh, my title is called Infused, but my subtitle is The Image of God. All right? The Image of Christ. And when you think of image, okay, the first thing at least I think of is a mirror. I mean, you always gotta, you always gotta go in the mirror and you gotta look. At least we should be looking in the mirror, okay? Like, I'm guaranteeing you that most of you guys, before you came here, you guys weren't in front of a mirror at one point. And it's because you weren't trying to just look and then leave, but trying to fix the hair, make sure the teeth got nothing in between. Am I right or wrong? And don't act like you don't do that, okay? I do that, all right? And I mean, you probably one of those people that go right back again before you leave again, just checking, just making sure, you know, just checking, you know, and come on, we got to get to church, we got to hurry up. But when you think of the image, we think of our image, we, wanna, we want people to, we want to be presentable, right? We want to look right. But then you have those times where you're like, you just don't care, all right? It's a Friday uh, morning or a Saturday morning, and you have to go to the store, you, didn't, you just rolled out of bed, you didn't even brush your teeth. And you're walking the Isle of Meyer. You know, you're doing everything. I will avoid you. No, I won't. I will not. I'll probably take a picture of you, but I'm joking. But you know what? It's, we all want to look our best is what I'm trying to say. Okay, when we look in the mirror, when we think of our image, we just want to look our best because we want to be well thought of. You guys agree, yes or no? I mean, we want to be well thought of. But there is one thing we need to be very careful of. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way, okay? It is good to dress up. It is good to look good and just do your best, okay? Do it. But it can be a real problem when we seek to look good before people. That's our main purpose. We're just trying to look good before people. Hey, I'm going to ask you guys to raise the lights. I want to see your guys' faces. I don't see anybody right now. I'm sorry. Put some lights up. We're talking about image here, okay? I want to see your guys' image. <laughs> But our image, our image, when, when our, all our efforts and all who we are is just to look good in front of people, it's the dangerous road that we could be on, okay? I'm not questioning your love for Christ. I'm not questioning yourself. I'm not saying any of that. But sometimes we can rub off the wrong way when it's just about us and making ourselves look good. You know, one of the things I love about Res Life here um, is that when I have a conversation outside of a Sunday and I'm just, I see, <laughs> I love it when I run into you guys at the, at the store or, or downtown or wherever it's that we run into each other, we have genuine conversations. And I can simply say, hey, how's it going? And you say, you know what, it's been a little rough right now. You know, and, and what they're doing is they're giving me their image of, of what they're going through. And it's perfect because I'm like, hey, I'm going to be praying for you or let me pray with you on the spot. You know, and I think that is so cool. But when we say, well, I'm good, you know, all's well, and really behind the scenes, it's just a cover-up, and there's, there's more stuff going behind the scenes, 
It's not good for our health. It's not good for the kingdom of God. And so today, I want to talk to you guys about just the image of Christ. Now, our image needs to be Christ-like is what Scripture says, okay? Well, what does that mean, Jesse? Well, we need to work on our character, and we need to work on our confidence because Christ is that already. Now, he's already in us, and the reason why I say he's in us is because he's really infused in us. See, that word infused is so, so key. For instance, now, the other day, actually, this last night, this actually worked last night, I have my youngest daughter. Her name is Mila. And so she's uh, every, almost every night, I won't say every night, but almost every night uh, she'll wake up and she'll come to my bed. And she comes to my side, okay? I'm like, Mom's over there. <laughs> but she knows, come to Daddy's side. <laughs> and so when she comes to my side, she's in my bed. Sometimes she's stealth mode, and I'm like, Mila, what are you doing? She's like, I'm scared, is what she'll say. I'm like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Go back to your room. My arm is numb. You know, that whole deal. You, man, you guys know what I'm talking about when the kid comes and they just lay on you. You know, my shoulders hurt and or whatever. And so I don't want to go to bed. I'm scared. Well, last night, it's perfect. Last night, we go in the room. It's like 3 in the morning, okay? And I'm like, Mila, what are you afraid of? And she said, that shadow. And I said, what shadow? There's no shadow. It's dark. She goes, that shadow on that wall over there. And so I said, why are you afraid of it? She's like, I don't know what it is. And so I turned on the light, and I showed her the reflection of what it was. And it was just like, it was like a, a, a toy. It just the shadow was, the light hit it just right from the outside and made this big thing on, on the wall. And she was fine. She was in her bed all night after that. And I realized my presence being in her room is what helped her overcome her fear. Last night, it helped her overcome the fear. And I've realized there are times in our life where we may be afraid or intimidated or doubtful, but when we realize that we're in the presence of the Lord, <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? When we're in the presence of God, when God's in the house, when we say, hey, he is here, we acknowledge him, he reveals. Hey, don't be afraid of that over there. Let me flip a light on for you, okay? And let me, let me show, share some scripture to you. And so what, what, what God does is in his presence, everything's known. Now, for instance, we were worshiping today. And it was so sweet. It was like a sweet presence. You know, we're just sitting there. How many guys, when you're worshiping, something comes up? Ah, oh, man, I probably shouldn't have said that yesterday. No, I don't, come on, don't make me, I'm not the only one that does that, okay? You guys, come on, give me some feedback. How many of you guys, just make, raise your hand, make some noise, where, where you guys are like, man, that wasn't right. During worship, you're praising God. During worship, like, man, I got to get better at my, I got to clean myself. I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, Right? And it's not the fact you got it, it's the fact that light's been revealed and said, hey, just want to show you something. His presence helps you overcome anything you face on life. And so when my daughter, when last night when she was there and I showed her and I flipped the light on and said, look what it is, she was good. And then my other son comes in my bed and now I'm like, that's a different story, okay? And my, no joke, my neck and my, my shoulder is hurting right now. But as believers, this is what I'm saying, as, as believers, we are to work with the Holy Spirit to be more Christ-like. And a lot of times, it's just we're, we're just in the dark for a second. We're not acknowledging, we're not letting God uh, uh, shine through us because we're so consumed of the shadows in our lives and the, the, what's going on. And God wants us to say, hey, hey, remember, I am with you right now. My presence is going to help you just simply overcome. 
We were talking about it earlier today, and sometimes life can just pile on, right? Pile, pile on, and busy schedules, and work schedules, and family life, and it can pile on. But when we can acknowledge the presence of God, he will show you every path to take. He will give you the plow, okay, the tool itself to just mow these things away and say, hey, this is the direction you need to go. But it is with the help of the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does in our lives the moment we come to Christ is it infuses us with Christ. And I believe a lot of times we don't realize the image we have. See, we, we, we believe a fake image and we're really not that. Oh, you're, you're fearful, or, or you can't do it, or you're, you're always going to be in poverty, or you're always going to be in this stage and never get over there. And I'm here to tell you, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that that's a lie. Because the Holy Spirit is going to flip the light on and is going to show who the true identity, the real image that is in you, that has been infused. Everyone say infused. That has been infused in you. And when we understand that, we are one with him. Do you know that the word infused, I looked it up uh, the other day, the word infused is to fill or to soak. Now, the first thing I thought of was a sponge. I mean, man, we do dishes, right? Make some noise, man. <laughs> but I know when I do some dishes, we leave our sponge up there and it dries up, you know, because we reuse it. And uh, I'm not talking about a brand new sponge, but a sponge that's dried up already, okay? And I, when I pick that sponge up, it's hard. I mean, it doesn't even want to move, period. But the moment I turn that faucet on or I dip it in the water and I soak it, that thing absorbs water and, and the sponge infuse with each other. It soaks it up, and that thing comes flexible, pliable, and I'm able to do some cleaning. And a lot of times I believe we're in that mindset. When we don't understand that we're infused with Christ, we become that dry sponge. But when you know you are one with him, you have been infused with Jesus Christ, you're like that sponge that is soaked up. And when someone squeezes you, guess what's coming out? The word, Jesus. There you go, water, if it's a sponge. Okay? Now check out this video clip. I got to say is, ladies, you are welcome. I gave you a project. I know a lot of you ladies are going to go home. You're going to grab the, the tape. You're going to print out some pictures, and you're going to go to town on that thing. Am I right or wrong? You're welcome. I don't know what viola meant. Do you guys know what viola? Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, man, I got to get off. <laughs> I'm like, viola, awesome. <laughs> it's voila. Got it. <laughs> That's embarrassing. For the whole week, that's always say, viola. What in the world is viola? <laughs> Thank you, baby. Oh, man. Okay, you can stop laughing now. <laughs> but by the way, that is a brilliant idea. Am I right? 
I mean, it's a brilliant idea. And I thought that was so cool. But I love the fact that you had to soak it. It had to be soaked for it to be infused. And the moment that tape came off, the image, the image was the tape. You guys getting it? The image was the tape. It's one. You saw her rubbing it when she was taking that, just that extra stuff off. That, that thing wasn't going to smear because the image and the tape have been infused. The moment you come to Jesus Christ, the image of Christ and what he's done and, and the promises, and what it's infused in you. And when someone tries to do this, they can't. You can't smudge them off of you. You can't. Because you have been infused, and believers, listen to me right now. If you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, listen to me right now. The world is going to try to make you think something else of that. They're going to say, no, 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 that's not true. Religion's going to try to come in and say, no, but you got to do. You got to do. You got to do. But relationship with Jesus Christ being infused and said, hey, I've done. I've done. I've done already. Infused. You are infused with Christ. And wherever, for instance, that, that was on a candle, you can be placed anywhere. You can be at a factory job. You've been infused. You can be in an office infused, a business infused, at schools infused. You can go through some hard times. You're infused. You're not alone because of the one that's in you already, the one that has been infused in you. If you ever feel like you're in a, a, a season of life where you're just, I'm alone, God, where are you? Look in the inside because a lot of times there's just a knowledge of not realizing, oh, I've been infused by him. I have him with me. And when you can acknowledge that, watch God intervene. So much, you won't understand it. You can't comprehend it because it's not your understanding. You're leaning on his understanding now, uh, the image, again, the image was just a, a fused, infused image of the tape. It was together. It was one. And so, again, when you look in Exodus, when you understand who the image is that we have, uh, you'll have a better understanding of, okay, what I can do here on earth. Now, according to Exodus 3, I'm not going to read it to you guys, but I do encourage you guys, go home and read Exodus 3. You see where Moses uh, encounters the burning bush, and God actually gives him his calling right then and there. Okay, and what Moses uh, um, says pretty much is, is I can't do any of this. I, you know, I'm the wrong person. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, our language, but but go to Exodus You'll read all about it. And this is what God says, because he has says this to God, to the burning bush. What do I say to them, your, your people? He says that I he, he says, say that I am has sent you that I am has sent you. And what God is showing Moses at that moment is I am I am. I am the great I am. Now, sometimes it can be a little mind-boggling. How, how do you understand that? That's because he is the beginning of it all. He is the I am. But when we fast forward it to the New Testament, what we live today, it's God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. According to the book of John, Jesus goes right back to that. We just got to really look into it. And Jesus states through the entire chapter, the book of John, all through the chapters, he talks about the I am. And he says this to all the people. Hey, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection life. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, and what he's, what he's acknowledging is that the great I am in Jesus Christ that we accept is infused in us now. And we have the abilities to do impossible things in Jesus Christ. Are you guys, you guys hearing me right now? 
Am I the only one excited about this? I mean, you got to understand. Understand this. We walk through tough trials. It's going to happen. But the end result doesn't have to be conformed to the way the world says it does. The end result is what the Bible says, what the scripture says, the promises that we stand at. And when we understand who the I am is, you will understand who exactly is infused with you. And now there are a couple of things I do want to share with you guys. These are called the seven I am's that I really uh, am intrigued by. Okay, and I want, you know what, you guys know this already. I know you guys, maybe not everybody, but you guys know this already. So I want you to treat this as a reminder. Who likes reminders? I love reminders. Like, I need reminders. Like, I have to have a schedule. I have to have my alarm go off. I got to meet with this person over here. I got to, I'm going to do this over here. I I love reminders. I'll even say to my wife once in a while, hey, remind me tomorrow about, (laughs) and I say whatever. You know, even this morning, I talked to one of the staff. I text him. I say, hey, remind me to grab, you know, such and such. I just, reminders, a lot of times we just live off of that. Not bad, but it's, you know, something that we live off of. But here's the thing. I want you to treat these never, next seven I am images and look at them as your reminders, okay? And the first one is this. When you understand who you've been infused with, when you understand who the image is burnt inside of you and who you are called to be, you will understand that I am a child of God. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, I am a child of God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave, everyone say gave, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave them the right. He didn't look at what was fair. He just knew what was right. And he gave us the identity. He infused in us that we are now a child, a son, a daughter of the most high God. And when we can have an understanding of that, whether you have a daddy in the natural or not, or maybe mom left, or you might have great parents, no matter the circumstance, I can always say, you can always say, I am a child of the most high God. And I have the promises here. I can live heaven on earth. I can, I can walk through some things, that, but the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, I have that because I am his son. Now, the second I am is that you need to understand is that I am wise. Not a wise guy, but I am wise. And a lot of times we can beat ourselves up in that area. I don't know much. I don't know, you know, much. Well, let's look at the scripture. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says this. It is because of him, okay, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. I'll stop right there. That has become for us the wisdom of God. So if we look at Jesus and we understand that, man, the image I have is is Christ and he's infused in me and he is that wisdom in me, guess what you are? Wise. Because of the knowledge you have through the Holy Spirit. Now, wisdom or yeah, wisdom is not knowing all. Not, being wise doesn't mean you know everything. Okay? I think that's the opposite. But being wise is knowing that you don't know everything. Being wise is saying, I'm going to lean on his understanding and what he wants us to do. To finish off that scripture, it says, that, um, uh, Who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Everyone say, I am wise. I think some of us need to believe that. I am wise. 
Now, the third one is I am restored and brand new. I am restored and brand new. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Who's ever um, worked on a vehicle and you restored it to new or maybe worked on an engine? I see some hands up. How's that? Doesn't that feeling feel good? I mean, it's awesome. It's brand new. Or who's ever received a gift that was just completely brand new? Anybody? Nobody? The feeling. Do you guys know the feeling that I'm talking about when you are restored? Now, how many of you guys ever seen uh, someone rejoice all day, every day, knowing they're a new uh, creation in Christ Jesus? Now, where do we stand on that? Do we kind of look at them and say, man, they're, they're crazy, a little overboard? Or do we join them? You see, because when we understand that I am restored and brand new, we join that. And we say, yes. We are restored. Yes, I am a new creation. There's something about brokenness coming back together that brings life to us. I remember watching a movie a while ago. I forgot the name of the movie, but uh, I watched a movie where this lady had a a, a glass um, vase, vase, whatever you want to call it, okay? And she was talking to somebody about her empty life, and she grabbed, she's like, it's like, it's like this, this vase right here. She's like, it's, it's beautiful and awesome, but it's empty on the inside, and she smashed it. And that's how I feel right now. All those little broken pieces, that's me right now. And then she storms off. And I remember the guy looking down, and he picked it up, and then they just went to the next scene. I don't remember the next scene. But later in the movie... They re-encounter each other again, okay? And they come, and he started ministering to her and started saying, you know what? You know, at times we do feel that without Christ. We do feel that. But whatever's broken in your life, you give to him, he restores it brand new. And he gave her that vase back, but it was, in a, it was put together as like an angel, like an ornament. So that was the same vase she broke, and it was filled and see, we have to understand if we feel that emptiness in the inside, or maybe we feel like those broken pieces in the inside, when we hand it over to the great I am, he's going to let you know that you are, I am, you can declare it, I am restored, and I am brand new. The next point is, uh, I am chosen, holy, and blameless. Everyone say, I am chosen, holy, and and blameless. Ephesians 1 4 says this For he chose us, okay, in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And let me remind you holiness is not perfect, walking in, in perfection, okay? Because if that was the case, God checked me on that one. Then you're saying you don't need Jesus and I need him, okay? But what holiness is setting yourself apart from world standards. And saying, hey, I'm going to abide by what God wants me to do. And I'm going to live according to Christ. And I'm going to rest in that, knowing that in my imperfection, he made me perfect. Because I am chosen. I am holy. I am blameless. And by the way, being chosen feels good. I remember um, third grade. I think it was in third grade. uh, It was during recess time. And uh, every recess, we, the boys would go play football. But then there was the captains, okay? There was two captains, you know, first captain, second captain. And then uh, they, everyone would line up against the fence, and they would say, I want you. And the next guy, I want you. And he went, you. And I'm like, come on, man. 
pick me. You know, I'm all ready. And third, I would always be like the last person. I, actually, I was the one that they would fight about. You take him. No, no, no. You take him. Hey, I'm just being honest with you. Just being, no, don't feel bad. I'm good at football now. So <laughs> I'm just joking. Here, third grade. But I remember that feeling. Just, it just doesn't feel good. You're not chosen. But then I remember fourth grade, okay? And I remember being one of the first ones to be picked. Yeah, I want, I want Jesse. Come over here. I'm like, yeah, I strut my stuff. Just go up there. Act like I know what I'm doing. I really, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> then I remember fifth grade. And I remember being a captain. I knew the feeling of what it was to not be chosen. I knew the feeling of what it was to be chosen. And now I had it in my hands to choose. And for some reason, I just had a heart for those people that weren't being chosen. i choose them right away. I would, I would choose them. i said, I want you. I didn't know their name, but I know you're not good. I want you. Come here. <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> But I remember the feeling. I remember the feeling, so I would choose them. And I remember the smiles in their face. And I would become friends with them later on. You know, and we hang out at lunch or whatever. And I, for some reason, when it came to those that were the underdog, I guess if you want to say it that way, I would root for them. That's why I'm a Lions fan. We're always the underdog. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we would win, when we would do something, it was victory all the time. It was, it was awesome all the time. It was just fun. And not the fact that I'm talking about win or lose, but I'm talking about being chosen, the feeling. And let me remind you, okay, Ephesians 1, 4, we just read it. For he chose us. Man, that's such a good feeling. I was chosen when I shouldn't have been. He chose his people. He chose the people of this world. All we have to do is say yes to him. Yes. He set us apart. He made us holy. He made us blameless in the name of Christ Jesus. And not only that, which brings us to our next point, he says that we can call ourselves, we can say this, I am his masterpiece. I am his masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10, when we go another chapter. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wait, hold on. God, you planned stuff for us before we even came to you? Yes, because I chosen you. I knew this day was going to come. You see, when you have an understanding of who you've been infused with, you realize, man, I have value. Man, I, 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 ha- I am counted. I am loved by him. Which is my other point. I am loved by God. I'm loved. We can say, everyone say, I am loved by God. First Thessalonians 1:4. We know, dear brothers and sisters, okay, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. Man, that is unconditional. Okay, that is unconditional. I know there are times in my life through relationships, and whether it's a marriage, whether parents, whether children, I've messed up. You know, and maybe they've messed up towards me in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a way. And sometimes selfishness can come up, and man, only if they understood. Man, I wish they would have done it this way. Who's ever been in that boat before? Maybe the thought was there. Maybe you never did anything. But God never did that to us. In our foolishness, he still sent his son. In our rebellion, he still sent Jesus. Because he says it is unconditional. See, what you, what you do can never separate the love I have for you. My kids always ask me, Daddy, how much you love me? And we always go back and forth, right? Well, I love you more in this way. I'm like, well, I love you this and this big. And I love you the moon and back. And we just kind of go back and forth, right? 
And one day I've realized, one day I realized how much God loves me. And he said, from one nail to the other. That's how much I love you. And it will never stop. When we understand who the I am is, we understand who we're infused with. We understand who we're infused with. You don't have to perform your way. You don't have to get, get your credentials to get this far. Those things are good to do, but it's not the purpose of between you and your heavenly father. Things can go downhill for you right now. Maybe you're riding this roller coaster, but you can still say, I am loved by my heavenly father. Even if you messed up, I am loved by my heavenly father. Because I have been infused with the name of Jesus Christ. My image is Christ and Christ alone. Unconditional love is what he shares. And my last point, and I'll close it with this. I am made complete. I am made complete. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let that resonate for, for a second. His power, his power is made perfect in weakness. When we are weak, he is making it perfect for us in our lives that we're able to continue and say, I am strong. Continuing on. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. When we understand, yeah, we have weaknesses in our life, that is the reason why we can boast about our Heavenly Father because it is our weakness that He shows up strong. It is our weakness that He shows up mighty. When you look at the Israelites in the book of Exodus and they face that Red Sea, and they looked like they were doomed and life was over. They were weak. They had nothing anymore. And all they could do is look up and listen. And that's when the sea split and God made the way. When you look at Samson, one of God's strongest men in the Bible, physically, physically. I mean, he, would, he was able to do anything. He killed thousands of men with a jawbone of a donkey. But still, he wasn't mightier than our Heavenly Father. And if you would pay attention to that scripture, it would say, and the Spirit of God came upon him. Let me tell you something, church. That is awesome when the Spirit of God came upon Samson to make him strong. But here's the deal. The Spirit of God lives in you. You're one up on him right now. So everywhere you go, even in your weakness, you're able to say, I am strong. You look at David. Same exact thing as the little boy. He understood, yeah, he didn't have the armor. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't even at, at, the, at, at age. I'm pretty sure if he went to the carnival, he couldn't ride a, some rides because he was like right here. Pretty sure of it. But he understood he was made complete in his Lord. And because of that, he slayed a giant. We can declare that I am made complete. When you feel like, man, I'm just unfinished. No, because at the cross, when he was on there with one now the other, and he said, how much I love you, he said, it is finished. It is finished. You're infused with that. You were made complete. Let's go ahead and bow our head and close our eyes. Father, I just thank you right now. 
just for your word, for your truth, Father God. Lord, I thank you that whatever was spoken right now, Father God, about being infused with you, the images that you've given us, Father. Holy Spirit, let it resonate in us right now. Work in us right now. Show us truth. Flip the light switch on, Lord, so we can see exactly what's out there for our life. Now, here are two invitations. The first one is this. You know Christ already. You've done Christianity walk, but you really haven't been sold out. Or maybe you walked away, you just want to come right back to him. I'm going to give you an opportunity to just let me pray with you and let me lead you in a prayer. I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray with you as well. The second invite, maybe this is the first time you've heard Jesus this way. You've realized, man, I need him. I need a Lord and Savior. And his Bible says that if we believe with our mouth, if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that he is Lord, we will be saved. And we can call ourselves a child of God. On those two invites, on the counter with everyone's eyes closed, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you over there. The best decision you're ever going to make. Give it a couple of more seconds. Don't let nothing hold you back. You know you need him. And it's time to make that change. You are made complete. You are unconditionally loved. God bless you. Well, we're all going to do this together. Want everyone to put one hand over your heart. And let's just repeat this. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for being the great I am. I come to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, make a home in my heart and lead me the rest of my days. Forgive me for all the wrong I've committed. And by my faith, I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ.